right. Thank you for listening to NYC. Uh, once again, our guest, uh, orthopedic surgeon, uh, Dr. Grant Garcia. Check him out at Orthopedic Surgeon and Sports Medicine Specialist, uh, GrantGarciaMD.com, Orthopedic Specialist of Seattle.com. Dr. Garcia, uh, I know we said it already two weeks ago, but let's do it again because we can't say it enough. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Um, first off, you know, how are you doing uh, so far in this 2021 and, uh, and the family real quick? Everybody's good. You know, we're just hunkering down still with winter coming. Um, but otherwise, um, everything's well, uh, works good as well. So we're just trying to keep busy uh, and stay active outside, hoping for some snow, a little more snow as, as it's gotten a little bit warmer recently. So. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, Dr. Garcia is a avid skier, and you, you scared me for a second. You made a Game of Thrones reference there where winter is coming. You can't scare people right now because after what we went no, through in no, 2020, no, no. we don't want to hear anything about that in 2021. So No, 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 no. That was no reference to that. That was a mistake. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure. Listen, uh, you know, we love our sports, and uh, we had a great weekend that passed with in the NFL. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of the games? I watched a few of them briefly, okay. uh, you know, just, but yeah, we, I enjoyed some of them. I definitely enjoyed the, uh, Saints Bucks game. Pretty impressive to see two great quarterbacks and one, unfortunately retiring now. So, yeah, that, that was tough to see. I, you know, it, it really kind of stood out that, um, Breeze is kind of done. You know, he, he just, he just couldn't make the plays that he used to. And, um, it, it was a little bit tough to watch, uh, personally, but at the same time, it's kind of, uh, you know, whether it's iconic, um, you know, just to see them kind of play one, one last time. Um, what about your bills? You know, you, you picked them, uh, you, you picked them a couple of weeks ago to uh, go all the way. They were very impressive and, uh, they go out there and, uh, they dominate the Ravens 17 to three and keeping uh, Lamar Jackson in check. Yeah. I didn't want to bring it up. You know, I didn't want to rub it in, but so far predictions are looking pretty good with the bucks and the bills, but we'll see still some surprises to come. Um, but yeah, you know, they're impressive. Uh, you know, and I, I applaud them too. You know, the bills fans are, they're solid, but they're, you know, you know they're not, they're not overly enthusiastic, and um, you know they they donated a lot of the money to Lamar Jackson's charity afterwards too, which I thought was pretty cool. I did, uh, so I did see that. That was great. There. That that was great. Yeah. I, I have a good friend of mine. We uh, we worked together for years, and uh, you know we working in these production trucks, and he was my graphic operator, and he's a diehard Bills fan. His dad is a you know diehard Bills fan, and uh, I reached out to them, and even when they had the lead, he's just like, oh god, oh god, where's the other foot? And, <laughs> where's know, it coming? Yeah, where's, where's it, it coming? coming? They had a missed field goal to the left. He's like, oh boy, here we go, here we go, and finally um, they they won the game. Game and um, it was great. His dad was home with them. Just a just that family affair of being together and celebrating together. And I said, you know, it's it's shots time. Give the kids shots. Everybody's getting shots. There's no rules. Enjoy the Buffalo Bills win. So he was uh, he was quite happy and ecstatic. And his reward awesome. is now to play the the Kansas City Chiefs. That um, my lord um, just found a way to kind of hang in there. As Patrick Mahomes said, uh, "Henny thing is possible." Um, it, yeah. it was a it was a great tweet, and uh, for those that don't know, Patrick Mahomes um, last not not even last year's MVP, Lamar Jackson won the MVP last year, but Super Bowl MVP and, and one of the best players in all of football. He got knocked out of the game uh, with a concussion. Did you get a chance to see that play? I didn't see the play directly, but I heard about it. 
it, it was really interesting because it doesn't it didn't look like a concussion and and that's kind of it, it was a little bit scary for me because it, it it kind of puts that red flag out there for someone that's uh, not evaluating these players. And if, you know, he got up and kind of stumbled a little bit, but if you look at the play itself, it, it really was a tackle. It was a tackle up high around the neck. You didn't see his head slam into the ground like Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson got knocked out of that uh, Buffalo Bills game. And when he got hit, he fell backwards and you could see his head snap back. And it just that's a little bit more obvious. So it was really concerning as a parent or someone that's, uh, whether you're working with kids or not, I've, I've helped coach uh, football and some other teams in the past, that that did not stand out. So um, let's just kind of talk a little bit about some of the signs for concussions, even when it's not clear. Yeah, so that's a good point. Well, I mean, the first thing you have to see is, you know, you, what you guys are seeing on TV is always a little different. You know, is a, we, we get if you're on the field, you can get, you know, different camera angles, and then you sometimes will see the team doctors in one of the little little video boxes taking a look at how it happened. Uh, uh, but you have to always be keeping an eye on that. I mean, when you're on the field, you're watching for players because, again, they're going to hide it at all costs uh, to stay out there. I mean, a lot of these guys and even, you know, other leagues as well, high school, you know, little little league stuff and everything else, they're going to find ways to not show that they're hurt because uh, they want to stay in there. They don't want to get pulled out, especially if they kind of feel good after five minutes of sort of feeling a little cloudy. Uh, and so you have to watch for those little stumbles. And just because of the hit doesn't mean anything. I mean, you can have a small impact, um, and get a concussion, or you can have a large impact and get a concussion. Because remember, a concussion is a spectrum. You know, it, it goes from a regular sort of minor injury to the brain to upward levels of considered a traumatic brain injury. And so we call it like a glaucoma scale, a GCS scale. And uh, the higher level ones can be up that level that you see in, you know, Harborview type of thing mm. uh, with these head injuries. Uh, and when you do the testing, they're about the same. Uh, now that goes away different than someone who has like a direct impact with no helmet on. Um, but you have to be careful of and understand that this is a pretty serious condition. And this is why, you know, if you've seen hundreds of movies, I think, I don't remember what the name of the movie was with Will Smith, but concussion with the NFL, yep. uh, it, it's a big deal. Uh, and, and it has to be, and it has to be taken very, it's, it's not taken lightly and they've gotten better. Um, in the uh, more develop, the developmental leagues or younger leagues, it's really serious. And as a team doctor for high school team, et cetera, you know, I see any sign of that, I pull the players out. Um, and so I got off track, but basically symptoms, you know, you're thinking about headache, feeling foggy. Again, you got to really, uh, you can try to do these symptoms, but I'll tell you, if the player feels pretty good, they're going to find a way to try to avoid discussion about this. And so you got to go straight with less of a gut and more of sort of statistical tests. And we use something called like an SCAT, so S-C-A-T. And we have those on our field. I have one on my phone, actually. So I'll pull that out with the player. I'll run through everything. And you don't even have to think about it. If they fail one question or a certain level of questions, it'll automatically tell you to pull the player out of the game. So you want to eliminate any gut, gut feeling and use sort of statistics and use these, uh, these data-driven assessments to get people out. Um. Unfortunately, not everyone's going to have um, a great doctor like yourself on the sideline. And you have some of these, you know, schools that, you know, barely have enough coaches. Um, you know, they're always supposed to have medical personnel there here in Washington. Usually someone from Children's Hospital is at one of these games. Um, yeah. But what are the, some of the things that if the coach does not catch, you know, what would you want to tell that player that might be listening right now? 
you know, if a coach doesn't catch it or, you know, the doctor doesn't catch it because, you know, just watching, you know, 22 players running up and down after every play is going to be hard to see something that may seem minor, but is more than just minor. What can you tell them, you know, and be honest with them? I think if you feel, you know, one, obviously you feel like you had a hit to your head. You know, if you just had to start feeling kind of tired or dehydrated, it's a different animal, but you had a direct hit on the last play or recent plays and you're having trouble kind of remembering things. Everything feels a little cloudy. You feel a little tired. Um, you know, don't take the tiredness to be that you're, you know, you're, you're out of shape or you're tired from the play. You may have actually had a real injury to your head. And I think that it's good for you to say something. And the good news is that while there are a lot of doctors out there that know this, the best people are really the trainers and, you know, the train, I have a really good trainer at my, um, uh, where I coach, or sorry, where I, uh, where I'm a team doctor on uh, Mercer Island. So, uh, and she'll go and evaluate the players with one of these SCAT scores as well. And they do that at a lot of different facilities. So you don't have to have a doctor on the field to get a good assessment, but really it's, it's sort of the players have to think about this as it may not seem like a big deal. And it's really frustrating to miss a game or be pulled out of the rest of the game. Cause someone thinks you have a concussion, but to be honest with you, there's a lot more games to play. And if you are unable to play the games in the next year or two because you have severe head injuries, mm. uh, that's a big deal. And this is a lifelong problem. You can look at NFL players that have had major issues later on. I mean, even Brett Favre says, you know, I was a tough guy once. He's like, but now I would never have done that again. Yeah. And he was talking about Mahomes, and he said, just Mahomes, listen to the team doctors. Don't go back in until they tell you to. And that's, that's a lot coming from Brett Favre, who's sort of the man's man, you know, tough man. Like Steve Young, too. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, and, and you know it's it's not crazy because we know how these athletes are programmed, but you know when Lamar Jackson, you know was taken out of the game, he was visibly frustrated. Patrick Mahomes kind of went into that uh, blue tent that they have in the sideline and then jogged off into the locker room, kind of trying to show that I'm all right. So even at this highest level, when the these players have already achieved so much. And they still don't want to come out of the game. So just when you look at the lower level and you you see other kids, you know, whatever level that may be, um, it's just important information for them to know. It's just don't risk it. Say something if you're not feeling well. Say something if you, you know, even if you didn't feel well for a second, right? I mean, if you have a collision and, you know, we used to say, you know, days or, uh, you know, you got your uh, bell rung, which is not a term that, yeah. you know, we like to hear anymore. But that's a term that we grew up on. You know, we used to hear that term. Yeah. Ah, he just got his bell rung. So just kind of explain a little bit like what that means by, ah, just, he just got his bell rung. Well, people say that, you know, you got bell rung, basically like knock the wind out, but, you know, more of a, a brain issue. So, you know, loss of quick consciousness, you kind of feel a little irritable. Everything yeah. feels a little slower. Um, you're, like I said, the biggest thing is the fog. I, I find that one is the hardest one for people to tell because, you know, they kind of feel foggy. They got their helmet on, they're tired, they're maybe sweating mm. um, on their face, and it just sort of everything feels a little out of it. Well, you got to understand your body. I mean, that's a different feeling than actually feeling foggy, and your head just can't remember things. You know, if you're thinking about, like, okay, I don't know what position to be in at this play or, like, what just happened or, you know, where am I, those type of small things, you need to come out and tell someone. Uh, and, you know, headaches are a big thing, too. You know, after you get hit, you can have a pretty good good headache for a period of time. And some people will push through it saying, oh, I'm fine. It's not a big deal. You know, because I think everyone assumes that concussion is like you're completely out for, you know, 24 hours. But small concussions, like I said, there's a spectrum of them. And so small concussions, you may have very few symptoms. So you have to pay attention to that. It's char- it's a challenging. I've already, this is probably the hardest thing 
as a doctor on the field yeah. is to deal with concussions. Because everything else, if you miss a little tweak here or there or a small injury, you know, the player's going to come. You'll see him limping or you'll see him doing something. You can catch those. A little tweak of the head and a player is able to hide it and run around. You're not really seeing their eyes because they have helmets on. Mm. I mean, I, I they're missed, unfortunately. And you have to try your best. And it's up to you and the parents and to educate. And hopefully this, this talk today can help with that. That, you know, anytime you have to talk about it, even if it happened after the game and you realize your son got home or um, whatever and they, they're feeling they're acting a little different, tell the docs or tell the coach. Because uh, you know what? At this point, we take it really seriously. And as a, as a team physician, it's extremely important. Is a concussion uh, one of the worst injuries that you can have? I would say that's a hard thing to put, but I would say it's one of the most dangerous because mm-hmm. people tend to, to write it off. There are a lot of worse injuries that I've seen on the football field, yeah. Um, but uh, it's the one that's most commonly missed, just because there's so many of them, and you just people tend to kind of you have to be basically have to be watching everybody very closely. Um, but it's the one that can happen recurrently and then lead to bigger problems down the line, you know. And you know, and with kids, it's even more different because the tests are only up to 13. So under 13 year old football players, you have to use a separate test. It's a, like a kid's SCAT. Um, and we've talked about that before at Swedish and there's, you know, there's a child SCAT too you use and you got to double check other things too. And I think the problem is also that parents don't understand it's a different animal. You know, they think, okay, well, my son's resting, but then they're home playing video games. That's exactly what they're not supposed to do after they have a concussion. You're supposed to be just relaxing and not avoiding that sort of intense visualization on the TV either. So it's can be confusing because you see, you know, the players, they're older, they're a different animal, but young kids, they have to have a, sep- a whole separate set of sort of things they're not supposed to be doing in order to recover. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. Um, and, I, and I think that's, uh, that's a, a broader question um, altogether when we discuss, uh, you know, sport like football or, con- uh, you know, any contact sport at a, at a young age. I, I know there's a, there's a movement trying to get uh, tackle football, um, you know, pretty much out of there at an early age. And then, you know, if you're going to play football, maybe pick it up at, you know, at your high school years. Not saying that it's better, but, you know, maybe it's a combination of the fact that, you know, my, my son played little league football and uh, they, there were no trainers out there. You know, we didn't have any medical personnel, you know, and it's just yeah. kind of like how you're feeling. Also, you know, the mindset was a little bit different. You know, I, I think even in 2021 compared to 2010, uh, just the way we view concussions is is so different. So do you think that the information that we're getting out there now and how people are becoming more aware is uh, we're, we're heading in the right direction? I think we are, and I think it's good because we have places like the you know NFL with this example. I think you're going to see some good examples this weekend with the playoffs and how they take care of these players that have you know uh, Lamar Jackson unfortunately is out of the, out of the season, but you know how Mahomes is going to come back or whether they're going to bring him back. Uh, I think you're going to see if hopefully the appropriate care done there, and that sort of sets the example for what the next the levels below that are. I think you make a really good point though. I, I think the concussions are worse in younger kids. While they're more resilient, you know, again, when, when you're younger, you have more brain space. You can accommodate for a hit better than when you're older. Um, you don't have any trainers there. And the kids are much different sizes because everyone's not done growing. So you have the early, late bloomers that are getting crushed on the field when they get hit by someone that looks like they're double their size. In the NFL, they're all huge. Yeah. So it's big hits, but they're also big enough to take a hit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you've seen that on the, on the peewee field when you have – you know, one guy, this one kid that's like three times the size of everyone else, and he's the one giving concussions out, unfortunately, because he's so much bigger. 
And so, and then you have no trainers there and, you know, different types of thing and the kids' bodies are different. So. You're absolutely correct. And, um, you know, I thought I knew what I knew, you know, back then and I realized that I didn't. And to be quite honest, um, I look back and I wish I would have uh, pulled my son out of certain situations, uh, not understanding uh, the severity of the position that he was in because, you know, he was involved in, in certain tackles. He was, you know, either hitting or being hit by someone um, a lot bigger than him, even though it's the same age or, or there's usually about a two year difference. But, you know, at yeah. him playing at 110 or 115 pounds at that age. And, you know, you had kids out there that, you know, 170, 175 and, you know, you could see that he would come out and it was a thing as well, you know, it was a physical game. He's kind of hurt, um, you know, you know, maybe something along those lines. But looking back at it as a parent and knowing what I know now, I would have pulled him out. I would have done things differently. So the lack of information and knowledge that I had kind of put my son at risk because he didn't miss a game and he still went out there and even practiced, you know, a few days later. So as a parent, um, I wish I would have known these things now. So how can we help educate parents that are not privy to all this information? I think the biggest thing is you just have to know your kids. And I mean, most parents do. Uh, you know, I guess don't beat yourself up about it because, again, we also have to realize that we're going to swing the spectrum the other direction, right? You know, we're going to say everything's a hit, everybody's got a concussion, let's be super stressed about this and make sure no one gets hurt, right? Which is the right thing to do in most cases, but you also don't want to be doing something where you're preemptively adding stress to parents, kids, et cetera, mm-hmm. when they're, what they had done was actually not that bad. Uh, so, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Uh, now and you know we know what we know now and obviously if we knew all this stuff uh, 10 years ago we'd be we wouldn't be in the position we're in because we'd be fortune tellers right um but regardless uh, i tell the parents this you know you know your kids if your kid's acting funny you saw them hit, get hit on the football field or you see something weird during the game don't be afraid to speak up uh and after the game if you're not they're not feeling well they're acting a little unusual you know a little bit more sort of irritable a little bit more tired you know, take that as a real sign. Mm. And that's when you should start. If they're not going to get regulated by their coaches, self-regulate. You know, when there's the, there's the return to play steps, you know, rest, gradual return to sport. You know, each day is important. Uh, and if any recurrence of symptoms come, you should drop them back down. Um, and it should take at least a week to a week and a half with, a, you know, steady progress to get someone back. So it's not a one to two day and you're better. Yeah, it's uh, it's important to know, and sometimes we miss those plays. We don't catch every play, so you know we uh, we hope that we at least uh, do a good job of listening to our kids and, and paying attention to that. So that's uh, that that's really helpful and a great insight for uh, the small things that we could try to do. If um, if whether it's ourselves or coaches don't catch it, listen to your child and say you know if they're saying that something's just a little bit off, or we realize that um, you know he's just not. You know, he or she is just not acting the right way or or, or, or normal way. Um, we're going to get back to the football. Uh, we got a big weekend. Uh, we've got divisional games with uh, the Bucks and the Packers and uh, the Chiefs and the Bills. The, the big storyline is Patrick Mahomes. He's out with the concussion. Today is Wednesday. Um, they said that he started to um, participate in limited activity. Um what are some of the steps in order to kind of get back on the field? And I guess my second part to this question is, um, if you had a concussion on Sunday, are you really ready to play by the following Sunday? 
I think the tone of your voice was excellent on that one uh, and the way you asked that question. But basically, running through the steps as briefly as possible, you got six main steps. And again, the NFL and everybody else changes the steps here or there, but they try to go off sort of the standardized protocol. So no activity, basically limited physical rest, and this is the recovery stage. And each step is 24 hours, okay? Then you have a light aerobic exercise where you just want to get the heart rate up, but really not more than 70% of the maximum heart rate. No resistance training, those type of things. And then sports-specific, so drills, those type of things for football. And then non-contact, that's sort of the fourth step. Exercise coordination. In some cases, they skip the first step, right, because they get the day off anyways and they get done. Um, then full contact practice and then return to play. So that's the sixth six days. So there is a chance that he gets back. Um, but the answer is, I mean, if it's really as bad as we thought it was, there's a, there's plenty of times you've seen, I mean, Sterling Shepard for my team, the Giants, yeah. it took him almost four weeks to come back after one of the concussions. I think he had a second round of the concussion protocol as well. Um, and, you know, he, Bing Crosby for uh, the hockey player as well. I mean, it's just sometimes it takes a lot longer and you don't, you can't predict these. It's not like, you know, person ACL or a broken ankle. And we know, you know, most of the time what it's going to be like, we don't have good tests for the brain. You know, we can test, but we don't have tests to say, Oh, this is the minor concussion. This is grade two concussion. We don't have grading systems like that, unfortunately. So I think him coming back would be pretty, would be, you know, concerning, but at the same point, if the, I trust the doctors and they make the right decision and if he clears all the steps, then he should be allowed back. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting that you, you talk about the different, um, I guess everyone reacts differently. Uh, you know, for the Yankees, Clint Frazier missed almost an entire year. He tried to come back and still wasn't right. And he talks about um, the severity of, of him having to keep all the lights out. And uh, he didn't know if he was going to make it back to the to the baseball field. And last year he played and didn't have any, uh, any symptoms, but he missed almost an entire year. Yeah, we've seen guys like a Wayne Corbett now too, and if we're going to bring it back to uh, the New York metropolitan area, uh, some great wide receivers that had to uh, stop playing, and Al Toon to this day just talks about the severity of of his concussions and Wayne Corbett. It's like you know Wayne Corbett's been on record saying I have good days and I have bad days, and that is just uh, so scary. Um, as an adult, um, you know, as a parent, being there for your kids and being there for yourself. And obviously the the scary things that we've seen happen with these athletes when it comes to CTE, um, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it, this concussions is, is very, very interesting. It's a little scary. And obviously you just hope that everyone involved is doing the right thing for the player for the long term, not for the short term, just trying to get back into this division game. Yes. Agreed. We're going to end it on uh, Philip Rivers uh, announces retirement. Um, you know, him being out here on the West Coast. And uh, as a Giants fan, I always kind of have that Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, and Philip Rivers. Uh, Philip Rivers, yeah. for those who don't know, got uh, drafted by the Giants, was was uh, traded, you know, for swap for Eli Manning. Um, they've always been compared to one another because of that class. And I think that's just the way sports kind of works. You know, if you're a basketball player, if you're the number one pick, you, you know, you kind of look at the rest of the draft and see who should have been, you know, picked before you. It's just what we do, right? I mean, it's just the way sports kind of is. But um, he retires after uh, a long tenure in the NFL. Um, one of the most remarkable things that um, I remember, and we'll kind of throw it back to your specialty here, um, with him playing in this championship game, or I, I believe it was a division game against the Patriots, where he played with a, a torn ACL and uh, meniscus. 
and he had to make a decision uh, what he was going to do. And he was like, I'm going to play. So on that Monday, he went to have uh, orthoscopic uh, surgery to quote unquote, unlock the knee. What does that mean? Basically, he played without an ACL, and then he bucketed his meniscus probably during the game, <laughs> which is, I cannot believe that someone would be able to do that. But, uh, but you know, he played a sport where he should have an ACL. He didn't have it, and then he bucketed his meniscus, unfortunately, and then that's why he needed to have that surgery done. And we see patients all the time that come in that have had no ACL for a year or two, and then eventually they come in because they locked their meniscus. Hmm. So that happens, but never knowingly know they have no ACL and then play. So it's a different animal. <laughs> is that is that some craziness? Is that is that just tough guy or just, is that just crazy? I think it's probably a combination of both. <laughs> um, but you know what? The, you can't be you can't be a normal person and be able to go through that. I mean, I don't think I could play a football game knowing that I tore my ACL with the chance that I'm going to destroy my knee in one game. So you know, it, you got to have a different level. But that's why I'm not in the NFL, and he is. So. Yeah, we've talked about that before. These guys There's are plenty just, of other reasons, but that's one of different. Them. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll just make that the only reason, right? Exactly. Um, Dr. Garcia, uh, let's uh, let's get your picks in for this weekend. Um, see, uh, Bucks and Packers. Where are you going? You know me. I'm sticking with my original original discussion. That way, if I go down, I go down hard. I'm saying Bucks, Bills. Bucks and Bills are going to win. It's going to be the Super Bowl game. You you think the game's going to be close with the Bucks and Packers and uh, the I Bills think, and Chiefs? I think the thing is, while Brady may be getting used to the Florida weather, he's he's still used to he can still handle the cold. You know, I don't know about the rest of the team, but you just need one guy. And uh, you know, they're in Lambeau, which is a totally different animal. But I think that's going to be important. And I don't know if Mahomes is going to be back. And I, I think that the Bills can take him down. I think with Mahomes, it's much more challenging. But yeah. without him. I think the Bills have a really good shot, and they're riding some. You know, they got a lot of magic going right now. Uh, but you know, I want to stick to my guns with the Bucks and the Bills. So. Yeah, I think if Mahomes doesn't play, um, that's going to be really helpful to the Bills. I think even if he does play, um, you know, we spent so much time talking about concussions. Um, one of the great things that he does, besides his athletic, uh, you know, ability is the fact that he makes quick decisions. And we will see if he does play, if any of those decisions are a little bit slower than usual. So that'll be an interesting um, yeah. storyline or interesting take um, to, to kind of watch as we see how these games unfold. Um, are you are we going to just let your wife know right now, since she'll eventually listen to the show, that your Sunday is going to be uh, tied up uh, watching these two games? Or are you still going to... Uh, be able to, um, you know, do some other things. I'm going to do some other things. I'm a smart man. <laughs> I'm going to be, uh, I'll probably do a little taping, watch a little bit of it. You know, I'll do a mix. I've, I'm married now 11 years. I know better. There you go. There you go. The kids need your time. Dr. Garcia, it's uh, great to have you on. Uh, for more information, grantgarciamd.com and orthopedicspecialistofseattle.com. This is our orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist, Dr. Garcia. Thank you for taking some time. Uh, once again, it's a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. All right. You take care. Bye-bye.